Welcome back to the Quarter Three Podcast. This is episode 77, and I am your host, Spencer Breedlove. And I am the other host, Lisa Breedlove. On our podcast, we hope to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. We're going to talk about things that are going to make you think, laugh, or cry, and sometimes all three. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in the conversation by sharing this podcast on your social media channels or with your friends and your family by text. And this week and over the next several weeks as we enter into this Christmas season, we are going to talk about some people in the Christmas story that rarely get mentioned. I'm really excited yes, about this. I am too. So, I think but, this will be good. But before we get started on that, Lisa has our question of the day. Um, actually, it, it is a question, but it's also some facts. You know how I like to give facts. So I was just curious. Here's your question. Do you know what the oldest first known Christmas hymn would be? I have no idea. I mean, I I could have named some that are popular that I know, but I'm like, surely those are not the oldest ones. Um, So I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. No, 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 no. Hymns, honey. Hymns. These are are faith-based. Faith-based. What came up? Hark the Herald Angels Sing. No, I know there were some others that I thought about. Silent Night. You're not going to know it. I promise. Oh, so I'm just going to tell you. Oh, ye faithful. Well, then I'm going to have a list of other popular ones now in the last several hundred years. But one of the first known Christmas hymns was Jesus Refulsit Omnium, which is... That's Latin. There you go. It means Jesus, Light of the Nations. How in the world would you sing that? by St. Hilary of... Of course, when I, in the fourth century. Of course, when I was in the Atlanta Boy Choir, they we sang did, in Latin. I just revealed something that not everybody knows. I sang in the Atlanta <laughs> Boy Choir. And, he did. We have a picture to prove and it. And we like did, a picture from the paper. And we did sing in Latin. See, we did. I don't remember yes. any of it, but we did sing in Latin. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So well, because that's an older language. That's. Where we get a lot of our language. It's dead, isn't it? Well, when you say that it's a dead language, that means it's not a spoken language. I would, right, rather you say it's not a spoken language because so much of our language comes from Latin roots. So I don't think it's dead because we use a lot of root words, prefixes, suffixes come from enum. Okay, you can stop because you're messing up my thing. But think, <laughs> the 4th century, a Christmas hymn from the 4th century that was passed down. Yeah. But yeah, Jesus Light of the Nations. Jesus Light of the Nations. I don't think I... What else have you got? No. Um, was there anything okay, else? Okay, so then, yes, yeah, so then I thought, okay, but now, in the last several years... I mean, you knew I wasn't going to get that. No. So now in the last several hundred years, I'm going to ask one you might know. Now, again, this is one poll that I was able to find, and it actually was linked to a couple of others that agreed with it. Okay, so you might find a poll and disagree. So just go with me here. What do you think a the most favorite Christmas carol, if people are ranking them 
in order of their favorites. So the number one Christmas Carol. Still, we're thinking hymns, church, faith-based, not faith-based, not jingle bells, not. No, 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 no. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. So, can you guess this one? I probably would have guessed it, but only because it is a very favorite of mine. So I'm glad a lot of people agree with me that it's a favorite. Carol of the Bells. No, but that's a good one. Was that a good one? Was is a that a faith-based one? Isn't it? It's, no, no yes. it's not. Is it? Yes. Uh, they sing it in church. It's not a hymn. Silencio Noche. No. That would be That's Silent on the Night. list. I know that. Um, Do you give up? Of course. I, I thought you would know my favorite. Um, I don't. Oh, okay. What is it? I don't know that I know your favorite. Oh, Holy Night. Oh. Ranked first in oh, the list of hymns. Holy it's a favorite night. and most played specifically in the United States. That was a song that we did sing in the Atlanta Boy Choir. You remember that? We did sing it's Oh Holy Night. It's a favorite of mine. And we would sing it in cathedrals a cappella. We would have mm. zero oh, wow. music. It would just be our voices. That had to be beautiful. In the in the oh, the echo chambers. Oh yeah. In in those cathedrals. The it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. How about the next one? Mm-hmm. You did guess the third. Silent Night was ranked third. Okay. Can you guess the second one? It's a very good one. I believe we sang it in chapel the other day, and we were singing it in the car today. We did? I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we were listening to Christmas music. I don't I'll know. just tell you, oh, come all you oh, faithful. Oh, yeah. Oh, come all you faithful. Yes. And I told you Silent Night was third. And then there's a couple of in there that are, to me, not as familiar. But then it comes back to, um, then it comes back to some others that I did recognize. Like, I think it was all the way down with uh, number nine, maybe. Yeah. That it said, go tell it on the mountain. Which I go. like that one. Tell it on a mountain yes. over the hills. And There's a really good one of that, a, a version from The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there is. Soundtrack. Well, it was the that artist Jesus from The Chosen. Yeah. Christ so, is born. Yes. That's some good music. Yeah, it was. That's cool. And then the 10th, you got to ask me what's 10. What's 10? Top 10. Top 10. What's 10? Oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And speaking of our Christmas hymns, we're going to start talking about the Christmas story. Yes, we are. Yes. And we're going to talk about some people that we don't normally talk about in the Christmas story. Yes. So, as we get kicked off with our first uh, couple in this in, in this conversation about people that uh, are in the Christmas story but don't really get talked about in the Christmas story. You mentioned something a minute ago before we began to record about the um, how Christmas 
really it was kind of a i mean at the birth of christ and afterwards uh it was bleak it was there was some there was some tough stuff going on it was it's not a rainbows and you know happy story in all the parts i mean this is a now overall yes this messiah has come the savior of the world god with us emmanuel but there's some hard parts of the christmas yeah, story the coming of christ and sometimes i think we gloss it over because we want christmas to be happy and fun and all good stuff yeah but i think we need to understand Fully, the Christmas story. It was. It was part of the war. Mm-hmm. This is a. This is a. This yeah. is a battle move. Yeah. On on behalf of God the Father. Yes. This is a. This is a strategic. And he's been waiting to do this. This is a strategic battle move, and it was not going to be met. Mm-hmm. It was not going to be met without a fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was some stuff going on that the enemy did not like. And he he did his work in some people. We're going to talk about that one mm-hmm. next next week. Yes. But uh, yeah, the surrounding uh, the story of Christmas uh, and sweet little baby Jesus in a in a in a manger, uh, it was it was way more than that. As special as that night was, uh, and as glorious as that night was. Uh, he was from that point his life was in a continual state of being threatened and our pastor has said so many times and i think this is such a great reminder that when we look at scripture and we're studying scripture and learning from the scriptures we have to take things in context so it's very important that you understand what's going on before during and and after, yes. And too many times, you know, I think we just take a piece out, you know, maybe of Luke 2 and read just the birth. But we just thought it would be good to go back and So we're going to talk about <laughs> We're going to talk about Elizabeth yes. and Zechariah, Zechariah the priest, Elizabeth his wife, both of whom are the parents mm-hmm. of John the Baptist. The Baptist. And Lisa is going to read for us Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, and then we are going to talk a little bit about uh, doubt and faith and how you see this played out in this part of the story. Okay. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest... Before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside 
of the hour of incense, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Hmm. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So many little storylines in here. But can you imagine, I mean, being, (laughs) I mean, first of all, you're a priest and you're supposed to come out and you're supposed to speak to the people. And have a word for them. And have a word for them. I mean, they were waiting on that. They were waiting and... And he can't do anything but sign language, and he's never had sign language in his... He's never done sign language in his life. No. And he's supposed to speak, and he's like... He's Making moving his hands and gestures and, and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. playing some form of of uh, charades. I wonder if they got him something to ride on. Who knows? I know. I think know. he was in a hurry to get off stage and get back home, quite truthfully. Maybe. Oh, Yeah. I know I would have been. Maybe. I mean, if I would have been out mm. where the tongue was sticking to the top of my roof and I was mute, uh, and I'd have just had to walk off and see mm. you and go on home. <laughs> yeah. I mean. He was speechless. He was definitely speechless. Mm-hmm. But the there's so many little things in this story that really stand out. To me, the biggest one is that he was praying specifically 
for he and his wife to have a child. He had been praying for that. That had been a prayer of that this, That had yes. been a prayer of his. Gabriel now, I, said that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had stopped praying for that, but the answer came at a time when it was humanly impossible for them at their age to have a child because it says they were advanced advanced in years. years. Now, I Uh bet, I bet if I were to go back and do a little word research Mm -hmm. between uh, the description of Elizabeth at Mm -hmm. her stage of life and the description of Sarah, Abraham's wife, I bet those are going to be very, very similar because Abraham's wife, Sarah, the, the, the term that is typically used for her was she was expired. Right. Past. Uh, she was past due. All well, right. I told you, I read this morning and I was reading actually in Corinthians, a letter of Paul's and he's referencing back to Abraham as he's talking to the church. And he says, but remember how God, you know, had promised Abraham and he was almost dead. He was almost dead. <laughs> that That's was right. what Paul said. Yes. I'm like, yikes. Yeah. And I think that's kind but of God where God wasn't finished with it. And I believe that's where Zechariah and Maybe Elizabeth and, and were. Elizabeth were. Is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were almost dead, but, but close in those years. But they were getting that, into yes. those into that stage of life. Not where, child rearing, bearing. No, they were years. way past the. They were way past the the years of being able to bear children. Mm-hmm. And here she is, um, you know, at their stage of life, and. He's he receives this answer to prayer and his response was, well, how can this be since I it's and like my he wife. had to explain the human part. Right. He but he's he's talking to an like, angel. You're talking to Gabriel. He's talking to an angel. And he's like, but that doesn't really work because humanly speaking, I mean, for real. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. But <laughs> but uh, let's be let's be honest. Um. Because things just don't work like they used to here, Gabriel. Right, I mean, but he, but Zechariah was so thinking in just the human the mind. Human. But he had prayed mind. for it, right? You know, and right. I think there became a point in Gabe, in um, Zechariah's life where he just kind of gave up. He just kind of gave up. Maybe he had, and he faith. was just. He was going through the motions with just, his priestly duties. And, and he just accepted it. He was there for the people or, yeah. Right. And he was just, hmm. and the thing is, and, and this is what I made a note of, is that it can be easy to go through the motions of faith until we're faced with the impossible. Hmm. It can be easy to get, just go through the motions of faith until you're fa- faced with the impossible. And, and I think for Zechariah, he was faced head on with the impossible, and he didn't really know how to respond. He had he had become so accustomed just to going through the motions of his routine and his duty, and you know, as a priest. Now he was a righteous man. He didn't do yes, anything said wrong. That. Mm-hmm. He and his wife obviously had a good relationship, good marriage. They, um, 
they didn't give up on each other, even though they had no children. And just for Elizabeth's sake, I mean, when it gets in towards the bottom, yes, that there the was end. that at the yes. end, it talks about the reproach that she had felt all of her life. Well, in that culture, because you couldn't have children. Yes, it you really were looked down upon. There, there was, it was just you were held in such high esteem. If you could bear those bear children, children and carry that line, that family um, genealogy on, and she had felt reproach is the word, mm-hmm. like just a scorned, which we you read that with many other women. I think it's also to make a point that, you know, sometimes, well, a lot of times, God's timing is not our timing. And I think this story is just a good reminder to me that as long as I have breath in me, then I need to be praying and believing that mm-hmm. God can do what I'm asking him to do yep. and to work the impossible and to do the miracles because, you know, his timing is not ours. Nope. His timing is not ours. And we don't give up on God. And he can, he can restore your sight. Mm-hmm. If he chooses, he if can. he chooses, he, sure he can restore your sight. The Bible's very clear. He gives sight to the blind. And maybe, you know, I just, I think sometimes that maybe th- this moment, again, that it was just when it's least expected, when you're not, you know, maybe That's right a good in point. the moment of, please, God, please, God, please, God, I ask you this, and boom, it happens, but you know, yeah, when you least his expect timing it. is perfect. Yeah, when you, you least expect it. That. Just yeah. and I think that's mm. the that's the that's the hard part is sure. staying disciplined and faithful and faithful to, to, to believe. Prayer. Yes, and believing. And not doubting. Mm-hmm. And because the difference if you were to read if you take if you parallel Zechariah's response uh-huh. with Mary, the mother of Jesus's response when she was told that she was going to give birth Mm -hmm. to Jesus, she asks a very similar question. She asks, I mean, how's this going to happen since I'm a virgin? Right. In that natural mind. Zechariah asks, how can this happen? Human question. Yes. Since... My wife and I are advanced in years. But what was Mary's Both are response? legitimate questions. Mm-hmm. Both are very legitimate questions. But both questions were asked in completely different... Um, they were asked in completely different ways. One was asked from a spirit of doubt. Maybe One was asked a from a spirit motive. of faith. Yes, yes. One was asked like one was asked like, okay, I've been praying for this and you never answered. And, it's not and now here's this, and now I'm late. What do you mean I'm, now? I, now, really? When? Yeah, we're old. We're old, and not much works anymore. And now it's going to happen. And and then several months goes by, and then Mary has this response to but she follows her uh hers up showing that there was belief you know oh yeah saying completely different whatever ways of asking the question Mm -hmm. and i think when i believe when god 
reveals things to us. We need to be able and ready to respond with, mm. okay, Lord, I, I don't have all the answers here, but I, I believe. I believe and I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. And I don't fully understand it all, but I'm going to have faith over fear, faith over doubt, and I'm going to trust you. Mm. I'm going to trust you. And so I think that's the the big thing for um for Zechariah is that he asked in a spirit of doubt. And the result was is that he was silent for right. the next 9 months out of their life together. Now Speaking of that and being married and advanced in years, <laughs> what say? was that household like <laughs> um, for nine months? I, at first, I thought maybe quieter, but then maybe not. Maybe she was doing all the talking now. And he couldn't say, he couldn't tell her to, he couldn't. The only thing he had to be able to do is had to write down the things that he needed to communicate. Either that or he yeah. had to motion and point. Or they figured do, out. Or he figured yes. out sign language over nine gestures. months. Wow. But can you imagine the conversations in that relationship for nine months? For nine months, months. That's really close to a year. <laughs> that your husband was mute. How would you feel about that? If your husband, well, I thinking, if I was mute for nine months, if I couldn't speak a word for nine months, in all honesty, uh-huh. what would it, it would, be like for you? I think it would be lonely because conversation is just good. And to, she's pregnant and you know, she's probably wanting to say all these things to him. I mean, and again, this is their first pregnancy. It's their... Yeah, it's their first child. I mean, they've never done this before, and she's old, and, my, you know, she's telling him all these things, but he can't converse easily back and forth with her. Because she's... I hope he was still tender towards her and found ways to... Yeah. I mean, she know. obviously knew that the boy's name was going to be John, because... When the time came for the child yes, to, be to be born and to be named, the people oh, expected him to be named after Zechariah. Zechariah. Right. And she was like, no, his name is going to be John. And then everybody turned to Zechariah and he wrote down that his name was going to be John. Right. Oh, I'm sure he told her in some fashion. In some way. He told her about the visit from Gabriel. Had to. <laughs> and that's why I'm, I mean, I explained why he's mute. Right. Like, Zachariah, what in the world did you do? All right. What did you say? So, hey, your mouth got you in trouble. <laughs> so talk about why she stayed hidden. Why did she stay hidden for five months? She didn't come out. Maybe because she thought it herself that it might really not happen so there was fear maybe yeah maybe a little on her part am i am i really going to carry this child all the way and have him and she just didn't want to add to the reproach yeah and explain and you got a husband that can't talk like maybe yeah. there's some embarrassment there right 
There's a that's a lot. There's a lot of issues. A lot of layers. There's a lot of issues going on in that household. But I love that this is how Luke starts. Mm -hmm. Because this is how Luke starts the Christmas story. Because John the Baptist is the precursor to the Messiah coming, and then he's the forerunner to tell. And then, and they're they're related in the sixth month. When it talks about in the scripture, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Yes. Mary comes. Mary. So obviously she hit herself for five months. So now people are realizing and it's out. And now Mary visits her. Because they're cousins. Yes. They're related. To tell her and to share in her news that she's heard about Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's so cool. And when Mary showed up. What happened with the baby in Elizabeth's womb? Yeah, and did you catch it in in the story? Did you catch it in the story that I was reading? That you yes. were reading, as far as uh, what would happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and let's see, where did it go? Um, he must not drink wine or right, strong drink, right, and right. he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even, even from his, his mother's, mother's womb. womb. So mm-hmm. when Jesus, as a um, in the in the womb of Mary, when Mary shows up to Elizabeth's house, and they have their interaction, John the Baptist, being six months in the womb at that point, leapt in the womb because the Holy Spirit filled him at that moment in the womb when Jesus showed up at Mary at Elizabeth's house. Wow. Wow. Pregnancy. Yeah. Now tell me that there's not life. Yeah. Right there. There is. Yes. And what a bond that those two must have had, you know, to be there for each other. And you've got a picture of someone much further along in age, much further along in life Mm -hmm. and experiences and just the knowledge that and wisdom that Elizabeth had and Mary, a young teenage mm-hmm. girl. Um, I wonder how they were related because Elizabeth was from, was from the, the line, of, line Aaron. of Aaron. I know. I've and never gone back to research that. So and Zechariah Aaron was, was from Abijah. Aaron was All the first of that priest. priest. Uh-huh. Aaron was the first priest. She was in the line of priesthood, too. Who? Elizabeth. Elizabeth was, yes. Yeah, but he was, too, with Abijah. What about Mary? I don't know. I'd have to check that out and go back through the lineage. But they were related. Yes. And I don't know where the relation existed, but still, though, yes. how God used That's neat. family. Yes. I mean, so that would have put Jesus and John as cousins. Right. And not far apart in age, even though Elizabeth and Mary were very apart in age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as far as that goes, like I said, it can be easy to go through the motions of faith until you're faced with the impossible. Mm -hmm. So the challenge there is that we walk by faith and do not doubt because... God will never fail, and His and God's word will always come true. Yes, it'll always come true, and we can 
bank our lives on it. Mm-hmm. And whatever challenges your marriage may be going through, whether if it is you can't have children or you are struggling in the area of communication and you feel like one is silent and you can't communicate um, or you feel like you're not good enough because uh, you are looked down on or people have, uh, or your you, you know, the culture from which you came is um, kind of puts you in a place where you feel uh, you are reproached. Um, whatever the struggle may exist in, in your life, it doesn't take away the fact that God loves you and God is for you. And we see that in the Christmas story, starting with not Jesus, mm-hmm. but with John the Baptist and his birth and his family, his his parents, and how how he was that precursor um, to to Jesus to to make straight the 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 way of the Lord and to call people to repentance and. Right, he says um, he's there to turn the hearts. Uh huh. So the way. Um, it's just a really, really cool part of the story of how God will work and continues to work in lives and in the in the hearts of people where things may seem impossible, but God is not done yet. No, I think he's, he was saying in real ways, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm mm-hmm. for you, Zechariah. I'm for Elizabeth. I heard your prayer. I'm for you. Right. And, and not just that, but I'm, I'm for all people because I'm about to send my son, mm-hmm. my one and only son for you. So. It's a good story. It is a good story. So where do you take it from here? Um, well, the next three weeks we can talk about some others that are maybe lesser known. You mean to mention those? Sure, you can tell what we're going to talk about. So over the next three weeks, um, next week we're going to talk about King Herod. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good man. No. Um, we're going to Villain, talk, bad guy. Yeah, he's the villain. He's the bad guy in the story. And we're going to talk about him and what he did. Uh, to children, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's such a happy time where you have the birth of Jesus. You have a man who was threatened by that, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about what he did, um, and how that goes back to a specific prophecy that Jeremiah spoke. Yes, and again, um, we're going to talk about Simeon's blessing that mm-hmm. his eyes his eyes have seen salvation and he was that was all he needed for the rest of his life and he was good to go mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about Anna the widow prophetess and what she did very small part in in the scripture but there's a reason that Anna the widow prophetess was mentioned in the Christmas story and I think it's important for us to to take a look at those things so mm-hmm. 
as we wrap up for this week, um, again, our encouragement to you is that you walk by faith, not by sight. Yes. Um, leave no doubt. Um, and watch what God will do. And we also he's still working. Yeah. He's still working. And I was going to say, Luke has 24 chapters. Mm-hmm. So you could catch up a little bit, but read a chapter of Luke a day and be there by Christmas. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's we what my mom's the, doing. I know. And I thought that was a great idea just to read and get kind of a, a big picture of it. Again, keeping it all in context and kind of learning all about the history of that that time period. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening in. Uh, If you could and would, please take a few minutes, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your um, podcasts. We are grateful for your comments and for your encouragement along the way. Um, If you would like for Lisa or I to be in prayer for you, you can always reach us uh, through our Instagram at cord of three. It's cord underscore of underscore three or send us an email and we'll have those in the show notes for you to connect with us there. And we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And we always want to remind you as we wrap up every show that two are are better than than one one, and and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. broken.